just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer podcast. We are uh, into another day of crazy shit going on throughout the country. (laughs) And I'm fortunate to have on this podcast our good friend, Ed, who is the reoccurring character on the Rational Boomer podcast. And that may not be the right term for a podcast, but if you knew (laughs) Ed, you would know that character is probably the right term. So, Ed, thanks for joining us today. You betcha. I'm glad to be here. And uh, maybe I'll wear colorful costumes each time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, nobody can see us. So that, you know, that might be nice for you or me. But but uh, I know when stuff that's happening um, in this country, things start to heat up. I know you get kind of itchy about talking about it. You know, as, as a couple of old radio guys, we always have opinions and we always have things to say, but unless you have a podcast or TikTok or whatever, you kind of sit there and keep it to yourself because frankly, my, my family doesn't want to fucking hear it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, my wife and I pretty much agree on everything politically. So, uh, you know, I'm preaching to the choir and vice versa. So, uh, you know, that, that's the thing. And everybody else around here is in the other camp, yeah. except a couple of relatives. And uh, I'm not even, I don't even trust them. No, oh. I, <laughs> I trust very few people in this world, especially if you're a Trump follower, you're either evil or you're stupid. And either way, I want nothing to do with you. I don't care if you're related to me or a friend or a neighbor. I, I just don't want anything to fucking do with you. Of course, the big story that you and I haven't talked about, is that the FBI served a search warrant at Mar-a-Lago. And, uh, uh, you know, of course, all the Republicans are in an outrage and all the Democrats are excited as hell about it. Um, The thing is, is that um, as much as the Republicans are in an outrage, the National Archive, we know he took documents out of the White House and brought them to Mar-a-Lago. Just that action is a crime. We know yeah. he did this for sure because the National Archives went down and took 15 boxes back. But now we've got the FBI going down there and taking out 12 more boxes. Now, as I understand it, there's been some negotiations back and forth between the FBI, the DOJ, and Donald Trump to get what was left in the House out. Here's my question. If he committed a crime by bringing them uh bringing these documents down to Mar-a-Lago, what's to fucking negotiate? Just go get those goddamn things. Well, and that's essentially what they did, I think. I mean, I think he was still, you know, trying to do that, but then he was in New York, and they said, well, heck, this is a good time. Uh, That happened to be also the anniversary of something to do with Watergate. (laughs) Yeah, Nixon resigning. It was the same date as Nixon resigned. Yeah, now I don't know if that was on purpose. If it was, it's kind of elegant. But uh, either either way, uh, having him out of the way was probably a good thing too. He was he's been bitching about them opening his safe, of course, which I understand was kind of like a K-Tel 
<laughs> if you remember that safe. Uh, I mean, it wasn't much. It was old and weak and not uh, not something that was hard to get into anyway, I guess. But uh, um no, I mean, I don't understand where, well, I know where the outrage is coming from. It's all manufactured because uh, they love the Trumpster and uh, they, they're tied in with him and uh, they have to defend him or he'll come after him. They, they know that, right? That's where right. all this faux outrage is coming from. But as you say, he took them. We know that. There's no debate about that. He flat out took boxes of classified material. Some of it's so classified they can't even describe it. And he's been sitting sitting on it there in his little golf club where people come and glow. We know they've had Chinese spies in there on a number of occasions. Just right. They probably figured this guy's goofy enough to just do something like that. And, um, you know, their Secret Service there, I guess, watching out somewhat because they had to clear with them to come in and get the stuff. But it was there. He took it. We know that uh, this was a, a, just a straight up search warrant issued by magistrate judge. And uh, they had to go to him and say, we have probable cause. This is what we're looking for. Uh, can you give us a warrant? He said, sure, go do it. So that's what they did. No outrage needed. I mean, uh, other than the fact that that you're a Trump cult member, that's the only people who could possibly be outraged by it. The funny thing is the penalties, because it is a felony, uh, was signed into law by Trump himself because right. he was trying to get Hillary. Hillary, <laughs> right, 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 right. You know. Well, you know, the thing about it is, is that, FBI knew there was stuff there. The FBI had been to Mar-a-Lago a couple times prior to this trying to negotiate to get this stuff out, which I find incredibly ironic because it was there illegally. Why not just take it when you're there? But, you know, you're dealing with a former president, all this stuff. And, and the, and the FBI said to him, look, if you're going to keep this shit here, you better have it better protected than this. And it was like in a closet in the basement. So you know what they did? <laughs> they put a padlock on it because that'll keep the Russians and the Chinese oh, of course on that motherfucker. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, it's safe now. You know, he should be glad they didn't send the Kentucky police or the Dallas police or somebody like that after it. You know, he should be glad it was the FBI or they would come in shooting, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the contrast between here's a guy who has documents that are top secret beyond top secret compartmentalized so much that you can't talk about them and uh they're negotiating with him and then you got brianna taylor who's asleep in her bed and they come in and shoot her so uh there's a real uh disconnect in justice in this country i mean in that case of course they had the wrong address on the uh, the apartment in the Brianna Taylor uh, uh, incident, but uh, I guess you know Mar-a-Lago is probably hard to miss. You know? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, there's definitely some inequity there, uh, and you have to wonder why he has these documents and why they're important to him. He gives up 15 boxes but keeps 12 boxes. Why is he doing that? The only possible reason there's only two reasons to have those documents in Mar-a-Lago that Donald Trump wants to hold on to them. And it's either because he thinks he can generate some income through espionage by offering it to, to other yeah. people or as leverage over 
politicians. I mean, we know that Donald Trump and 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 um, has a habit of using leverage over people. You know, using. Yeah blackmail tactics so it's not out of the realm of possibility that that's why he's using it or for both purposes he looked at it as a cash cow when he was gone now he knew that he couldn't take this stuff out of there but he's donald trump he thinks he can do things that other people can't that he's special now he's finding out he's not special and i'll guarantee you right now this motherfucker is nervous as shit and so are a lot of people in politics right now because they don't know what's in those documents yeah, well, he was in New York today uh, taking the fifth in uh, the, the criminal case against his uh, Trump organization, which I, I figured he would do. I, my wife and I were talking about it. Will he plead the fifth or is he such an egotist and such a narcissist that he'll have to say something kind of like Alex Jones, right? Yeah. Who fried his own uh, bacon, if you will with his right. testimony. Uh, well, he, uh, his lawyers, uh, I guess, won out because he just essentially took the fifth. Well, so, uh, yeah, and actually the case in New York is civil. Uh, yeah. The criminal is a possibility after the civil case goes through. And, and the civil case is essentially about Donald Trump's criminal tactics in running his business. I've explained this to people before, but basically he would take a property, say he has a $10 million property. If he's trying to use it for collateral or get insurance for it, he would inflate the value of that property like $50 million to benefit from it financially. But when he went to the other side, to the tax side, he said this $10 million property is now actually only $5 million, so I can pay less taxes. Now, all three of those things, that's bank fraud, insurance fraud, and tax fraud. And this was a common practice with Donald Trump for decades. We know he committed this crime. So they wanted him to testify. They got Ivanka and they got uh, Don Jr. And they both testified. Eric testified earlier. He pled the fifth all the way through. But the important thing to remember about Donald Trump in 2016, he said, I'll paraphrase this because I don't know the exact quote, but he said only the mob pleads the fifth. (laughs) Exactly. If you're innocent, why would you plead the fifth? Right. Now, what he's done here, um, one of the reasons they wanted to talk to him is get his side of the story. They know he's guilty. They got the evidence. They got the witnesses. That's not a problem. They just want to see, you know, if maybe he didn't understand or the intent wasn't there. Well, by pleading the fifth, he is pretty much admitted, I could be implicated on this, I'm culpable, and I'm afraid to answer, so I'm going to plead the fifth. In essence, confessing to being guilty. So now that whole intent thing's got to be thrown away because we know he knows what's up and he know we know he knows it may he may be guilty. Right. And they, they have the paperwork too. I mean, for example, him uh at one point, he an apartment that 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 grew and shrank and grew and shrank. I mean, right. when he was devaluing, it was uh, uh, three thousand square feet. When he was inflating, it was thirty thousand square feet, and and you know all kinds of things like that. They have the paperwork. I mean, it's 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 not a hard case. He obviously does it. Uh, I did hear him say at one point. Everybody does that. It's just business. Well, yeah, the mob does. 
but yeah, uh, reputable think, people don't. Yeah, I don't think the reputable people do do that. And, you know, the thing about it is when you're talking about narcissists like with Donald Trump, I can break it down to a lower level of how it works. I've often said my dad was a narcissist. He was an asshole and he was a jerk. And he, like Donald Trump, would always exaggerate things like how much he was making or how much he spent or whatever. But the perfect illustration is like, take me at 10 years old. If I want to do something out of my realm, you know, a little above my pay grade, you know, if I want to do something fun and being 10 years old, he would look at me and go, Jesus Christ, you're nine years old. How do you expect to do that? (laughs) Yet, if I fucked up, he would say, Jesus Christ, you're 11 years old. How would you possibly do that? This is what they do. They, They exaggerate one way or another to gain benefit or to support their agenda or their argument. I mean, it's, it's, it's an illness. It's, it's a neurosis. It's a psychosis. It's sociopath. It's narcissist. These people are mentally fucking ill. Well, I agree with that a thousand percent. Uh, I mean, Trump has just been lucky. Number one, he was, uh, he was born to a very ruthless father who saw that element in him, I, I think, and where most people would be a little scared by it. His father said, hey, <laughs> this is exactly what I'm looking for. And, um, you know, he gave him money. He he uh, looked out for him. He uh, When his casinos were failing, he found ways to sneak money to him. Um, he left him a huge fortune, which uh, which he's pretty much uh, uh, if, if he. Yeah, if he had stuck it in a bank at 10% interest or 5% or 2%, whatever, he'd be richer than he is today because uh, everything he does turns to crap, literally. And that includes being president, of course. Yeah, if my if my dad gave me $400 million, I think I'd be okay right now. Um, yeah. I, but, I you know, you, you talked about how he tried to bail Donnie out within the casino without yeah. – you know, being taxed or whatever. You know how he did that, at least a couple of times. Well, I know he would go in and buy chips and just leave with them, right? Yeah, he'd go buy a million dollars worth of chips, take them out of there and not not, uh, uh, send them back and get his money. So so it was just income for the casino, and he didn't have to pay personal tax on it. It's just, it's fucking ridiculous. Have you ever heard this story? I've heard the song. You remember Woody Guthrie, right? Oh yeah. Okay, Woody Guthrie was a folk singer and he was uh he was an activist and he wrote many songs that were very famous This Land is Your Land. Uh Bob Dylan was he was a hero to Bob Dylan. Uh but Woody Guthrie interestingly enough and I don't know which song and I have to look it up but he wrote a song um admonishing landlords because it was so hard to get good you know, good landlords, places to live that were affordable and that were kept up. And in one of those songs, he references Trump's dad about what an asshole, what a horrible landlord he was. So this goes way the fuck back. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, the uh, his and even his grandfather, I mean, his grandfather, who was named whose name was Dump, by the way, D-U-M-P-F or. Yeah, I believe is the way you spell it. Uh, immigrated to the U.S. to avoid the draft in Prussia, right? And and, uh, and became a pimp, right? And 
and uh, we know this. It, it's a matter of record. And he's uh, Trump keeps telling people his father was born in Prussia, which he wasn't. He was born in Queens. Right. And he became a slumlord uh, in tenements and all of that sort of thing. You know, and yeah, I mean, he charged people a lot of money for terrible places to live. And Woody, of course, uh, nailed him for it. But uh, he did make a lot of money and uh, passed it along to Donald. And uh, and um, he created this monster. And the mother apparently was no piece was a piece of work, too. So yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I I'm. Probably couldn't have turned out any worse. His older brother, though, seems to have been a fairly decent guy. Died of drank himself to death, but uh, well, think about uh, that. Think about yeah. that. The one decent guy in the Trump family says, "Fuck it, I can't get out of this family. I'm just going to drink myself to death." And he was supposed to be a, a good guy, uh, but but even his father kind of looked past the older son to keep bailing out Donald Trump. Yeah. Now, you know, one thing that I find interesting, and of, of course, after they did this uh, search of Donald Trump's home, you know, it's funny. People will say that it's a raid, and then other people say it was not a raid because of this, this, and this. I got to tell you, if you got a 100 FBI agents wanting to get in your house to serve a search warrant and tear <laughs> up your house— you don't have to call it a raid, but that doesn't make it any fucking better. That's as much a raid as I've ever fucking heard of. I know that would be problematic for anybody experiencing that type of thing. But what what, what I find funny is how the Republicans, the Trumplefucks, the politicians, they are all incensed. They are indignant about this, and they are mad, and they're making all kinds of claims and all kinds of threats and and uh, we're going to start a civil war. We got to fucking lock and load. Um, that's not surprising that they would react that way. Yeah, this is what this is what I find disturbing uh, because of where I'm situated. Of course, I'm surrounded by these numb nuts. But the uh, who are they going to shoot? Uh, that's what I want to know. I mean, yeah. um, who exactly is it they're going to aim at? I mean, uh, are they going to shoot the police? No, they love the police, you know, uh, celebrate the blue, all of that. Unless, of course, you're trying to kill them to get into the Capitol or something. But uh, uh, are they uh, the National Guard? Uh, Who is it? Well, they are. You know, the politicians want to, you know, they always railed at uh, Democrats for wanting to to defund the police. Now they're talking about defunding the DOJ, defunding the FBI, defunding everything tearing everything down so we can save our country mm-hmm. here's my take on it these people are essentially bullies that's who they are that's who they've always been and one trait of bullies they only beat up people or get in situations where they know they can win and there's no risk that they're going to get hurt and on January 6th, they had all the protection in the world. They had Donald Trump in the White House, who they believe told him, told them to do it. Donald Trump controlled the DOJ with William Barr. They weren't going to do anything. The DOD was in charge of uh, deploying the National Guard, and Donald Trump had already put the fix in to make sure they weren't deployed. And if they were deploying, they were hamstrung. So right. these idiots attacked the Capitol knowing that they— we're going to get no pushback at all. 
Well, now we're living in a different world. Donald Trump has no power. Joe Biden's in office. The DOD is not run or controlled by Donald Trump, and neither is the DOJ. These guys want to fight. They want a civil war. I guarantee you they're not going to do anything. And since this happened two days ago, they haven't done jack shit because they are bullies and they are cowards. And let me tell you something. If they try something against the FBI, the Capitol, try to assassinate politicians, there's going to be a harsh response. And these motherfuckers are going to get put down permanently. And, and you know, I, I, I almost wish they would try something. I, I, I don't because, you know, people would get hurt on both sides. But uh, you almost have to wish that it would happen so we could clean out uh, the gutters completely. Um, well, and yeah, pick you, you a, know, take out the trash, as it were. Well, yeah, you know, even 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 small groups. I, I'm, I'm not a, a purveyor or excited about violence, but as I've said with bullies, sometimes you have to smack them in the snout in order for them to understand that you need to fucking back the fuck down. I guarantee you, if we saw a group of people attack the U.S. Capitol today, there would be a lot of those fucks not walking away from that scene. It would be more than Ashley Babbitt. Because yeah. that's the proper response for somebody trying to overthrow our country. I've said, I've said this before. If somebody from another country brought a troop of people over here to overthrow our country, what would we do? Shoot them. We'd fucking shoot them. And yeah. the same should be said for domestic terrorists if they're trying to destroy this country. Now that Donald Trump's not in, uh, not in play. These people know that. They know they can't fucking fight against it, so they're not going to do anything. There might be a few crazies here and there doing some sporadic shit, but there's not going to be another insurrection. They don't have the balls to do it. I, I certainly hope you're right. I think you are because, you know, they're they're pretty much disorganized now anyway. I mean, we have cut into their ranks considerably. I mean, uh, Merrick Garland has started at the bottom and is working his way up with, uh, and, you know, they're getting tips and then people turning and so forth. So maybe that, that is the way to go. One good thing about this, uh, uh, this uh, record search and seizure, though, is that if you read the fine print in the, uh, um, the, the laws that, that Trump signed, he can never run for office again because he took those documents. I mean, that should be enforced. It says right there, no one who takes a classified document can ever be part of the government again, ever. It says it right there. Yeah, absolutely. In that particular law, if he is convicted of a presidential records act infraction he could go to jail up to a year which they probably wouldn't do he could be fined a hundred thousand dollars which shouldn't be a problem for him but the big ticket here is that if he was in office he'd have to leave immediately and he can never run for office again and and prior to all this stuff going i've said that may be the easy one easy way out for the doj yeah it, it, it's an easy call for them and takes him out of the equation. But, but now, you know, it's funny. They tell us that they went down there to retrieve records. Now, if he just stole classified records, that's the presidential record act. 
Right. But if those records are as sensitive as they're saying and they're top secret, that changes it a bit. It becomes a felony now. And the, yes. and the crime is more serious and the punishment is more serious. But we've got some people saying, and it's got me thinking, people saying, well, they're telling us it's for the records, but there's more to it. It has more to do with the January 6th thing. Now, I don't know if that's true. It wouldn't surprise me if the FBI and the DOJ weren't telling us all the facts. They aren't going to do that because they have an investigation going on. But I have to wonder if this isn't even bigger than what it looks, and it's pretty big already. Uh, yeah, and I, I hope so. What uh, what we're also hearing uh, you know, from the right is they're desperate, and I don't know who's sending out the talking points, but they're all using them. Some vary it a little bit, and some just quote them. You know, I mean, you can go down the line on Twitter and you see all of these people saying exactly the same thing. Yeah. And one thing they're saying now is, well, if you think this is bad, wait till those 87,000 new IRS workers get underway. They're coming for you, you know, which is <laughs> bullshit, which is so much bullshit. They're going after corporations and rich people because that's where the money is. Right, exactly. And those are the people who've gotten away with so much so long. I mean, even if you and I did uh, cheat on our taxes, which we don't, why would we? It makes no sense. But even if we did cheat on our taxes, we don't amount to a hill of beans. No. We, 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 they can't even justify pay, paying somebody full salary to fucking investigate us. It, it, no. it, it doesn't <laughs> make any sense. They're going to be looking. You know, here's the funny thing is, as always is the case. Republicans, Donald Trump will say, it's all a witch hunt. It's a hoax. There's nothing there. Well, put it this way. We know there's something there because they fucking pulled shit out. We know you took the document, so there is something there. Right. More, more importantly, the Republicans, Don, Don, uh, Donnie Trump, can, can uh, prove his case very easily. He has the search warrant. He yeah. also has all the lists, the listings of everything they took out of his house. If it's right. all bullshit, publish it. He has every right to publish it to the public so we can see what they took. Funny thing is, he didn't. And I guarantee you, if it was beneficial to him, that fucker would be up on true social right now. Oh, absolutely. And that all of the right-wing twits are, are going, oh, you know, the DOJ and Merrick Garland have to come out and make a statement right now about this, that, and the other. And no, they don't. <laughs> you yeah. know, this is a criminal investigation. They don't have to say squat. You know, and you can rant and rave and tear your hair all you want to. And now also, now they're also saying now, uh, we were talking before we started today about, uh, I think it's Steve Perry. Uh, uh, he's Scott a sitting con. Scott, Scott Perry, yeah. he's uh, he's um, he's a sitting congressman, and he's one of the ones who asked for a pardon and right. didn't get it. Uh, and they have confiscated his cell phone now. Yeah, and they're all oh well, they're going after everybody now. No, they're going after him, and they're going after him because somebody tipped them something about him. I guarantee you. Well, I can, and, tell, uh, I can tell you why they're going after him. I talked about this in a podcast yesterday. All Scott, right, I missed that one. Scott Perry 
You remember the Jeffrey Clark situation, Jeffrey Clark and the DOJ, some under deputy fucking attorney general for. Yeah, he was an environmental, uh, environmental. lawyer. Yeah. Well, and well, uh, he wanted to, he wanted to be the new attorney general and he'd do anything that Trump wanted him to. That's what it came down to. So he drafted this letter that was to go out to the swing state secretaries of state and say, there's all kinds of election fraud. Stop. And Donald Trump loved that and wanted to replace, like you said, uh, Attorney General Rosen at the time with this fucking nobody. And of course, everybody kicked back and said, you do that. We're all fucking quitting. So he stopped. But where Scott Perry comes into play here is Scott Perry is the one that introduced Jeffrey Clark to Donald Trump. Uh-huh. So that's why they want the phone. You know, they've got they've investigated Jeffrey Clark. Uh, you know, they're 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 taking phones and going through shit. So that's why they want Scott Perry. Uh not to mention there's probably some other things that are January sixth related on that phone. So he's gotta be a little fucking nervous at this point. Yeah, I mean, the, those seven who asked for the pardons, uh, we know they're guilty. They, ask they know they're pardon. guilty. Exactly. that. You don't ask for a pardon unless you're guilty. It's that simple. So that's Marjorie Taylor Greene, Jim Jordan, uh, Perry, uh, I think Gohmert's in there. Uh, Matt Gates. Exactly. And uh, anyway. Uh, the, the usual suspects, they're all in there. Um, and then you, you've got Lauder Milk, the guy who showed everybody around, uh, yeah. the, the day before, uh, just some close friends whose names he can't remember. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing is people are concerned because these Republicans are big mad and they're making all kinds of threats and they're, you know, talking about civil war and all this stuff. And I said in a TikTok recently, I said, these motherfuckers aren't mad. They are scared shitless. Yeah. There's a lot of evidence in Rick or Scott Perry's phone and Alex Jones's phone in the text messages that Meadows turned over. There's evidence. There's witnesses that the January 6th committee has yet to come out with. These folks know that they're close to being no more. Because there's unequivocal evidence that they were involved in this. They know this and they're scared shitless. So they're doing the only thing they know how to do. Flail, threaten, do whatever. They are in desperation mode now because they know they're fucking done. Yeah, one of the ones that I'm seeing the most, and it kind of surprises me, is Nikki Haley, the former U.N. ambassador and uh, who turned on Trump and has been trying to crawl her way back ever since. Uh, She's been very vocal about this. And I'm wondering if, uh, you know, maybe they said, well, maybe we'll let you come back if you, you know, if you help us out with this or whatever. Uh, you know, other than that, it's the usual suspects, of course. And McCarthy, my gosh, here's a guy threatening, threatening straight up uh, Mary Garland. Yeah, that, that, that he's coming after him. That's kind of crazy shit. That, you know, that whole comment struck me as desperation. And I could just see him sitting there turning red in his flop sweat because these yeah. people continue to flop constantly. That was not a good move. By him, I mean, he's in desperation mode for a couple of reasons. 
because, you know, he's he's kissing Donald Trump's ass, but he wants so badly to be the Speaker of the House. And and I'm here to suggest this now, even if somehow, some way the Republicans gain majority in the House, I don't think he's going to get the Speaker of the House. He fucked up too much. Oh, I agree with you a thousand percent. I don't think anybody is going to. He's, you know, Trump sees him as weak and uh, he will determine even if he's not, you know, even if he doesn't run for president or something, I, I really do believe he'll determine who becomes Speaker of the House, should they. And I don't expect it to happen. Should they, uh, you know, take back the House? I, I really don't think it's going to happen. No, I don't. Uh, not every state is gerrymandered, and I, I do think there's going to be some turnover in a positive way. Absolutely, I, you know, I talked about this on a TikTok. I said, I said they keep insisting, and they seem fairly confident that the Republicans are going to take over the House and possibly the Senate. I think they have less likelihood in the Senate the way that's running, but the House, they think they're going to take that over, and then they're going to show the Democrats they're going to investigate everybody. And even some Democrats buy into this shit. Yeah, they're going to take over the House. We're fucked if we don't do this before the midterms. I've asked people, I said, please explain to me. You've got a Republican Party that took rights away from 50% of this country, women, and also pissed off a fair percentage of the men in that situation. You've supported white supremacy. You've suppressed the votes of people of color. You pissed off the uh, veterans, you've dissed the veterans, you've dissed people with with uh, um, diabetes, you, you, you've marginalized and gone after the LGBTQ people. What? <laughs> Where are the votes coming from? Who's going to vote for that? They there lost last time in 2020. Yep. Where are they making up ground and getting more votes? And they'll say, well, history tells us, well, fuck history, because we're seeing things we've never seen in history. So how can you make that fucking judgment? I think they're going to get beat bad in the House, and I think they're going to get beat bad in the Senate. And then Biden and the Democrats can say, fuck it, two years, we're doing whatever we want. And there's there's another factor, and I, I talked about it on, our I think, our last podcast, where I told you about going to Target and seeing the aisles full of merchandise they couldn't get on the shelves because right. they had so much of it. This morning, we find out that uh, inflation dropped from 9.1 to 8 point something. Uh, it actually dropped. And, uh, the, you know, they're scrambling. They're coming up with all kinds of reasons. It's all bullshit. Gas prices are coming down. Uh, rate of inflation is coming down. Um, by, and the stock market's going up. Yes. So by the time it's time to vote, people are going to be looking and saying, you know, this Biden guy is not doing so bad. All of a sudden, you know, the uh, I mean, there's still lots of stuff that can happen for sure. But we're headed in the right direction. Uh, the, as long as it, if next month or next week, or whenever they measure it again, if we're still headed down with inflation, if the gas prices continue to fall, which they will, they've fallen every day for like 30 days. It may even be longer than that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, here I am paying 330 Yeah, um, there you go. Well, so, yeah, yeah. You know, it's almost like a perfect storm. It's almost like God in heaven said, <laughs> all right, enough of you fucks. We're going to change the trend here and the trend has changed the tide has changed 
we're exposing all these negative things about the Republicans, and they are being taken down by their own people in the January 6th committee. It's always Republicans talking about this shit. Inflation's coming down, which it was going to anyway. Gas prices are coming down. It's like a perfect storm, and it's slowly expanding as we get closer to the midterms. For the life of me, I don't see how anybody thinks the Republicans are going to win. And on top of that, the thing that people are most upset about on the Republican side, not only are they going to have a tough time with Republican candidates, now they've got so many of these Donald Trump endorsees who are just fucking nuts. And even Mitch McConnell knows that puts them in a bad fucking position. They are a worst, worst candidate up against the Democrats than somebody who might be normal. Yeah, I think I think Mitch may be thinking about hitting the road. I mean, he's got all the money in the world. Yeah. And uh he's not going to get the Senate back. I I don't think. I mean, no, I, I don't think so. I, you know, I mean, uh we've got a number of contests that look like they're going our way. We have some governorships that look like they're going our way. And uh I just don't uh, I don't see a big uh, takeover of the Senate and I I really don't see a takeover of the House either. I mean, we lost some lost some seats in the House last time. We might get them back. Yeah, absolutely. I think we probably will get them back. All right, well, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. So we're talking about how the Republicans think they're going to win in the midterms. We talk about all the bad shit coming out on them. We talk about inflation and gas prices going on, uh, coming down. But there's one other aspect of this. Joe Biden, or as feeble as they say he is, that motherfucker just keeps winning. Yeah. He's got a lot of wins. He maybe has more legislative wins in the first two years, more than any other president in history. And the big win, of course, uh, is this inflation reduction bill. It's, it's pretty much done. It will be done soon. Um, uh, and there's a lot of things in it that are very beneficial for this country that we've never seen before. Absolutely. I mean, this is climate change. Uh, it's fighting climate change with real change. It's, uh, it's uh, doing away with, uh, it's setting realistic goals that will make a difference. And, uh, uh, to get this through Congress was a massive achievement. It just really was because we know that the Republicans are against anything that has to do with climate change. They say it's a hoax. They don't believe it because they're for fossil fuels. They're bought and sold by the fossil fuel industry. Uh, uh, half of them, uh, uh, you know, that's where most of their money comes from for uh, re-election. And, uh, you know, that's where all their lobbyist tips come from that make them rich. And uh, they're from states where it's very important that, uh, you know, industry and so forth. So they hate the whole idea of it. They know it's real. They believe it. It's just like smoking. People knew for 
a hundred years, the smoking would kill you. But uh, like we're here where I am, it was a big cash crop. It was the cash crop. So nobody was going to stop, even though people dropping dead. Well, that's the price you pay. Right. Human sacrifice is uh, something that's worked into our whole uh, way of doing things. We don't call it that, but that's what it is. I mean, when we send our 18-year-old boys off and girls now off to war, that's a human sacrifice. When we uh, when we make people live in toxic environments, uh, that's a that's a human sacrifice. So we're really into that. We might as well just say, uh, you know, forget the Christian God. We're worshiping Mars and Ball from now on because right. it fits. It fits so much better. Um, but uh, anyway. It, it's significant and it, it's, it's, it's significant for me because I, I lived in Minnesota for 40 years plus and, uh, I got used to living in an environment where you don't go outside for six months of the year or you'll die. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> you know, I exaggerate, you know, people do go out and they actually play sports and they, they do ice fishing and all that kind of weird stuff, but, but they're fucking crazy. Right, I'm not crazy. Exactly. I stay indoors as much as I can when it's 20 below. I call me crazy. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I, when that was one of the things I was looking forward to when we moved back to Tennessee, because I grew up here and sure we have some sweltery days down in August during the dog days of August and maybe even in July on occasion, it gets hot and then gets a little muggy now and again. I'm uh, surrounded by lakes I mean, just like in Minnesota, I was surrounded by lakes, but here they're man-made and all the islands used to be mountaintops. Right. But, right. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, the, there is a, there is that. But when I was growing up, it was a fairly temperate climate. I mean, I could be outside and not sweat and sweat and sweat. I mean, I go outside for 10 minutes. I have to come in and drink for 10 minutes just to make up for what I lost. Yeah. Uh, uh, this started in May this year, 90 degrees and high humidity and through June and through July. And for the last two months, the humidity has been insane. I mean, my wife and I like to garden, but we can't, we can't, we have to get out there at seven in the morning and by nine we're done because the, between the sun and the, 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 uh, the torrential downpours that we get now, we used to get these gentle summer rains or spring rains, or uh, now we get these thunderstorms that sit in one spot for four hours and rain down three inches of rain. You've seen what happens in Kentucky. You've seen what's happened in middle Tennessee. We haven't had it here lately, but uh, it's coming because the, this is all climate change. It's happened in my lifetime. And uh, it, it's a little scary, to be honest with you. I mean, not that long ago, we live uh, we live right on a creek here. There's this creek that goes through our, my property. It borders it, and uh, it's normally just a gentle little creek. When I was young, they actually it's a spring, really. They used it to uh, fill the the town swimming pool, where you can see the remnants off in the park right next to where I live, and. Uh, uh, it's it's normally a very gentle thing. We had a thunderstorm last week, and the, the creek filled up so much, I could actually see the water in it from my front window, and that's not something I can see because 
it's four feet down. <laughs> Normally, the bottom of the creek is four feet down right. from where I can see it, but I can see it roiling. And when I walk my dog later, it, it tore out all of the part, all of the trails in the park. It just is gutted them. And well, um, you, you uh, can actually see the uh, the climate change here in Minnesota too. As cold as it's gotten, I remember in my youth getting. Weeks of sub-zero temperatures and oh, 20 yeah. and 30 inches of snow. And it's not that bad anymore. You don't get as many sub-zero days as you once did. And if you get them, they're one or two days, not a whole week or 10 days. And the snow levels seem to be a little lighter than they have been. So as much as it's kind of been beneficial uh here in Minnesota as far as making the winters more temperate, it still is troubling. If we are having that impact on the way the world turns and the way the climate works, that only tells you maybe we should fucking do something about it. Well, I keep seeing these stories about Lake Mead where they keep finding human remains to mob through in there from Vegas from years past because right. the water level has gotten down so low that they're, they're finding this and that uh, the Colorado River is running dry. It used to go into Mexico many, many miles. And now it peters out before it even gets across the border. And uh, um, so many of the, the cities out there, uh, you know, were... Um, they depended on these lakes. Uh, the Great Salt Lake is now just a, like a pond. Uh, uh, all of they've been in a drought for like twenty years out there, maybe longer than that. And uh, this isn't going to change. And I don't know where they think their water is going to come from here over the next twenty years. Uh, I think we can still turn it around. I do. But well, you have to why, believe that. Yeah, yeah, that's why this legislation was so important. It will make a difference. Well, and they're saying that the difference it's going to make is unprecedented. There's never been this amount of money or this amount of effort put into trying to improve climate. The question I have for you, though, is the guy that we had to turn the corner on this and help us to pass this was Joe Manchin. Right. Now, Joe Manchin is in the... uh, pockets of big oil and certainly coal. We know he has an interest in a coal company that pays he and his wife a million dollars a year. So he's always been stringently against green energy and climate change and all that stuff. But somehow on this one, he agreed to it. Why do you think he did that? Uh, he got a personal thing. I mean, he he had one that was, you know, that he was really wanting and they gave it to him i don't remember exactly what it does but it's 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 one that he will personally benefit from and uh it's like they say you don't want to see him make the hot dogs right Right. because uh well uh this this is this is one of those situations where they made the hot dog by giving him something that he really wanted and in exchange for his vote and that's the way it's done and see that's why that's why Probably Joe Biden was the man for the time right. because there, there are plenty more charismatic people than Joe Biden, Barack Obama, for example, even Hillary Clinton. But Joe has been in the trenches for 40 years. He knows how this works. He knows how the sausage is made and he's not afraid to do it. And that's that's the way it's done. 
and that's what we've needed. Trump, of course, did nothing. He literally did nothing for four years except showboat and run his mouth. And uh, anything he managed to do was, uh, you know, he took credit for some stuff that he had nothing to do with, like the vaccines. Okay, the uh, the fast track on it. Yeah, that was great. But Dolly Parton did more than he did. I mean, yeah. she gave she gave the money that got one of the vaccines made. So uh, all he did was, you know, he uh, he called it a hoax the whole the time they were trying to get the vaccine. He called it a hoax and <laughs> um, and uh, ran it down and caught the virus himself. So uh, Trump was a failed presidency completely. Joe well, Biden hey- is the most successful president in uh, in the, the amount of time he's been in office that there has ever been. Right. He even beats he even beats out Roosevelt. Yeah. Well, you know, let me give you another take on Joe Manchin too. I I, I don't doubt that what you're saying is right about that. He got something, so he gave something. But that was a big give for him because yeah. he's it's co- totally contrary to what his interests are uh, to go with green energy and and climate change and all that stuff. Here's another take I have. See what you think about this. Right. Joe Manchin's been in, in 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 the Senate for a long time. He knows what's up. He knows how things work. He sees the writing on the wall. Yeah, he sees that there is going to be probably an increase in Democratic senators in the Senate, and when that happens, all of a sudden, old Joe Manchin has no more power. He is inconsequential now. They don't fucking need him. And at this point, he's thinking to himself, well, I'm a Democrat, and they don't fucking like me now because I fucked up everything they did. Uh, maybe I better start making some friends because when I have no power, I'm going to want them to do things for me, and they're going to say, fuck yourself. So he's trying to re- rehabilitate himself with the Democrats because he sees the inevitable in the U.S. Senate. I don't doubt that a bit. And I, I, if you have any smarts at all, you have to see that uh, we've reached a, a transportation transition in the sense that uh, pretty sure, pretty sure that the internal combustion, the internal combustion engine is going to be around for a while. There will be race yeah. cars and that sort of thing. But most people are going to be driving electric or a hybrid. They just are. I mean, uh, uh, most of us, uh, it would be, think of LA, think of the pictures you saw of LA during the COVID crisis when everything was shut down right. and they could suddenly see the mountains for the first time in a century. Um, that was pretty nice, I think, right? Absolutely. Well, I think most people could get used to that. Um, and, and all the other cities are the same way. And people with asthma were able to go outside for a change because, uh, you know, without the oxygen thing in their nose because the pollution was down so low. If we can do that and we can, we have the legislation, we have the money set aside, we will be able to transfer to electric fairly soon, I think. And it's going to go quick. And our, uh, grandchildren will not will i'm going to say our great-grandchildren because we're old uh they will never know what it's like to ride in a car with an internal combustion engine unless it's uh you know at a a, some sort of historical place or something where they just 
uh, show you what it was like back in the olden days. We're going electric, and there's no way back. Well, I agree with you. And one thing that Obama said, Barack Obama said this when he was being interviewed, I think, by Mark Marin on the WTF podcast. He says, you have to understand nothing in government moves fast. It's always slow. So whatever I do here is just starting the process, and then it's going to take time for it to happen. It took time with, you know, you talked about cigarettes. You go back to the 60s, everybody fucking smoked. Doctors did ads saying, oh, this cigarette's more healthy than this one. I mean, that's how it was. Everybody smoked. And then through the 70s, it started to dissipate. 80s, 90s to the 2000s now and 2020s, you rarely see somebody smoke. It took a while, but they got there. And the same is going to be said for, uh, you know, electric, uh, electric vehicles. I mean, when we went from horse and carriages to, uh, auto, uh, automobiles, that wasn't a quick transition either. You got to start someplace and everything you do is going to be helpful. But to realize the ultimate benefit, it's going to take some fucking time. Yeah, it, it will, but it'll go quicker than you think, I think. I think uh, my next car will be full electric. I, I, uh, I'm pretty sure. I mean, there, there are incentives for that in this legislation as well. Well, um, I, I, I'd like to buy a, a full electric car too. And I'm, I've been close to doing that. Uh, but, but, but there's got to be some, some more money put into places that you can <laughs> recharge your car. I mean, for example, I listen, I live in a condo. Okay. I have a boat slip, but I don't have a garage. So where do I put my charger? I don't necessarily park in the same spot every day, mainly because, you know, people park willy-nilly. So it's a harder situation for me to set it up. And even if I do set it up, uh, it's got to make it through a winter, too. So there's got to be some easier ways to do this, ultimately. They've got to figure out how to charge these things faster and get farther with them. They've come great strides with it. I mean, I could probably get away with it now, but there's still some inconveniences that are going to make people uneasy. Yeah, well, when I drive, when I drive long distances, I usually don't want to go more than a two or say 200 miles in a day. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I could do that now for the most part with a full electric vehicle. My car now is a hybrid. You know, it's one that I don't have to plug in. Um, and, but it, it saves me a great deal of gas. I feel like that fill up once a month really? for the driving that I do. And, uh, um, which is great. I mean, it's been particularly great during this time of increased gas prices. I, uh, I paid more than I normally do, but still it was only once a month. So I didn't really notice it that much. Yeah. You know, I just. Around town, I use no gas at all. The the needle doesn't move. I mean, if we uh, uh, if we go somewhere in a you know a closer city, uh, you know forty five miles, fifty miles, sixty miles away, uh, yeah, I'd lead up a little gas, but but not seriously. Uh, right. Still, once a month, that's what I do, and um, it would be uh, I, I, one thing. I I wonder. Um, if they will find a way to make them make a lot of noise because around here, 
all these guys take the mufflers off or they poke holes in them or something because they just love that sound, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, electric cars don't do that. <laughs> so I don't know what they're going to do for their penis substitute. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no but, shit. <laughs> but uh, it'll be interesting to see. I will make a prediction. Tesla's kind of the leader in electric cars right now. Yeah. That's not how it's going to end up. Because no. Ford and Chevy and, and Chrysler are all looking to do this kind of stuff. They have the money. And I'll I'll, I'll be honest, uh, you know, people argue with me the, all the time. You know, a lot of people think Elon Musk is a genius and he only wants to save the country. That is a bunch of bullshit. He is an opportunist. He's taken advantage. He will do only things that will make him money. He didn't invent Tesla. He basically put money into Tesla that somebody else invented. This guy's not a good guy. And the fact that he supports Donald Trump illustrates that perfectly. I think we will get electric cars, but it's going to be more mainstream people that are going to be creating these cars and Tesla will suffer significantly. Yeah, I, I think Tesla will always be around as a uh, a brand for a certain kind of person um, yeah. who who wants to who who is more interested in the brand than the car, if you will. Right. You know, they'll pay uh, five thousand dollars for a pair of sneakers that fit no better than ones that you could buy at Kmart. If right. You can find a Kmart. Let's say Walmart. Right. Um, you know, I mean, because they want and they'll leave the price tag on. So everybody knows. Right. Well, right. that's the people who will still buy Teslas, you know, but uh, Ford is building battery plants here in Tennessee. They're uh, they're putting in a giant uh, battery plant out in West Tennessee. Uh, of course, the state of Tennessee paid for it to the tune of. I forget how many million dollars, but or billion, but um, you know, in, in theory, it's bringing jobs and stuff in, and I don't really object to it for that reason. But uh, um, when you've got Ford, pardon me, <clears throat> when you've got Ford investing that kind of money in a battery plant for electric cars, and Chevrolet's doing the same thing, and right now, if you look at Chevrolet ads, I see them for the Chevy Volt. And I see them for their crossover that's also fully electric. So, uh, that's, that's what, that's where we're going, folks. Get used to it. Well, let's be honest. Ford came out with the, uh, F-150 pickup truck that's all electric. And, right. uh, Ford <laughs> F-150 is probably the most popular vehicle in this country, the most purchased vehicle in this country for decades. It's been like that. Now people have said, <laughs> people have said, well, yeah, it's a Ford truck, but now you're going to make it electric. It's going to be wimpy. Not so. Uh-huh. It is in fact more powerful and more, more functional than the gas powered one. Uh, and, and I think people will find you will get more speed control and more power and traction and all that stuff with the electric. And, you know, the, the fight has always been from the, uh, packs and such, uh, supporting oil and supporting the big car companies. Um, but when people finally realize the benefits they get and really no losses by going electric over the gas fired ones, that's when the, the, the oil companies are going to start shitting themselves. They got to be starting to shit themselves already. 
Yeah, and you, the thing with oil companies that people forget that most of the things that oil does, it has nothing to do with the automotive industry. Sure, they make gas, but um, a lot of the plastics and that kind of thing that we right. use, they, right. they come from uh, petroleum as well. That's not going to go away. There will still be uh, there will still be a market for petroleum for sure, but it won't be polluting or it won't be as polluting. Right, and, exactly. Uh, so, uh, so I'm encouraged, but I, I hope they get a get a move on because I'm tired of this weather, and I don't want to have to move again. Fix the weather. <laughs> do you, do you, do you, let me ask you this though: If they do all these things, all these wonderful things, can we go back retroactive and get our climate situation back, or are we just stuck here and we're just trying to avoid making it worse? You know, I think it's going to get better. I, I think we did see what happened. And, you know, I, I use this, you know, to tell people, look, change is good. I mean, we can do this. Look at L.A., uh, yeah, where the, where uh, where it cleaned up so well. Uh, you do that for 10 years, uh, you're going to see something completely different. Who knows? If, if you get rid of the pollution and what it's doing, maybe you get rid of the drought. I don't know. I'm not a climate scientist, right. but uh, there's something that's making that drought happen. And it's something that, uh, you know, I don't go back into prehistoric times to know if there were droughts there before or not. But I tend to think there's something that we're doing that's making it happen. And uh, uh, pollution seems to me to be a, a good place to look. Well, and even if we're only affecting it a fraction of amount, we still should be self-aware enough to fix it, especially yes. if we're in a position to do it. You know, there is cycles and weather and, and climate in the world that have changed over the millennia. You know, we had the Ice Age and then we have normal stuff. You know, so things are going to change, but there's no reason in the world for us to try to fucking hurry it up or throw a wrench into the whole situation and make it go off into some other tangent, which is what we've done. Right. And the thing is, we've known that pollution was causing problems for 100 years, maybe right. more than 100 years, because I've seen articles about what coal was doing uh, to the climate back in the 1880s. You know, So uh, this is not new. It's like we talked about before. They knew cigarettes were harmful that far back, you know, but once we started, once we cracked down, once we first of all, um, um we got rid of secondhand smoke. We didn't let people smoke inside uh, buildings where, you know, people did business and we got rid of them on planes and so forth. And, and eventually, because people weren't exposed to them on a daily basis, they, they just never got hooked. Right. Right. And I've noticed, too, when I was a kid, you couldn't walk down Main Street because all these old guys were sitting there spitting tobacco. They're leaning up against the rails in front of the courthouse or sitting on the benches across the street. And the, the, the sidewalks were brown from these guys spitting tobacco juice. Right. You don't see that anymore. Nobody chews anymore either. Right. So, um, you know, there, that's a, that's a, <laughs> that's another civic benefit because that was always, there was always a battle between the ladies of the town and the old geezers with their spit and whittle club there on the main street, the main square, you know, they, 
uh, uh, almost came to blows a number of times. Well, well, you know, that's the other aspect of this. If you don't believe in climate change, we do know pollution does have an effect on individual people, right. whether they have respiratory problems, whether they're drinking bad water or they're being exposed to chemicals in other ways. If for no other reason, let's not try to make fucking people sick. And the, 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 the cutting back of fossil fuels and, and all this other stuff is going to affect us as individuals. Maybe some of us don't die early because we're not exposed to some fucking nasty shit. Well, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that, too, because that's another bee I got in my bonnet. Here I am in Tennessee which is uh, fifth highest in the number of people with diabetes of the 50 states. Nice. Fifth highest. Both my senators, Marsha Blackheart, or I'm sorry, Marsha Blackburn, and her little friend uh, Haggerty, voted against $35 cap on insulin for uh, people who aren't on Medicare, for people on private insurance. They voted against it. It makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense to make that vote. Uh, I am Bob. That's another thing why the Republicans will not be winning the House come November because they just sentenced a bunch of people to death. Is what they did, or because, at least, or at least destitution because they can't afford the fucking insulin. Exactly, but we know that people ration it. I mean. Uh, if you've got to pay your insulin and your rent and you got to get gas to go to work, something has to give. And people think, well, maybe I can get by on half as much. Right. Well, you, you can't. That's yeah. the thing. You can't. And yeah. uh, people die every day because they can't get the insulin. And they sh- it should be free. It should because be. Because it, it was originally when the, when they first synthesized insulin, the people thought it, who did it said it's too important. We're not going to take a patent on it. Right. right. Now, then years later, the pharmaceutical company said, well, well, we improved it. We made an improvement. We want a patent on the improvement. Right. And so uh, Congress says, well, sure, you go right ahead. And then, of course, in this day and age, they start jacking stuff like EpiPens and insulin and anything they can get their hands on that they can make a buck that people have got to have, and they raise it through the roof. Right. And uh, um, so this is how you can call yourself anything. I mean, they, they're all, quote, Christians, right? Uh, how you can say that and vote against a life-saving drug to make that affordable for people, and you vote against it, and every Republican did. And there was yeah. only one reason they did it, and it was because they wanted some sort of win against Joe Biden. And that's why that they could do that, because they that had to be voted on separately, because it wasn't a technically a budgetary item. So it couldn't be done through budget uh, reconciliation. Right. Uh, we could do it with Medicare, but you couldn't do it with uh, if private insurance was involved. So they voted against it. And uh, I I think they should bring it up again and make them vote it down again and keep doing that. Yeah, I think they will. I think they will. You know, Schumer's big about uh, exposing people for their 
nasty side. And, you know, the thing about it is, it struck me as strange is they voted down that insulin thing, uh, strictly to shove it in the face of the Democrats to own the Democrats. You would think they would learn a lesson though. You would think they'd learn a lesson because they did the very same thing <laughs> to the fucking veterans and they got burned alive for it. And then they had to step back and redo it and pass the bill. Still, they don't learn from their lessons. They do the very fucking same thing with this insulin cap. It's just, it amazes me they're this stupid. It amazes me how they're willing to alienate groups of people when they're also trying to win elections. Absolutely. And, and what gets me is, you know, after, after the veteran debacle, you know, they, they voted this down and they, and then you had Ted Cruz and some others out there claiming, well, they changed it. They put in a slush fund. They did. They did this. That's why we had to vote against it because they, it, it was fiscally irresponsible. They changed the whole thing, even though they had voted for it in June. Um, and they changed one sentence and all it did was to make the, um, there was a problem with the language on, uh, allowing rural uh, veterans in rural areas to uh, be treated at other than VA facilities. Right. So they had to, they had to square that again. It was a parliamentarian thing, but, uh, they, that was all that was changed. The, uh, it was, uh, mandatory funding in June. It was mandatory funding in July and in August, and uh, nothing changed. But they're out there saying this. And then, of course, when they see that public opinion is against them, they come back and they vote for it, even though they were lying the whole time. And it's obvious they were lying. So why would anyone ever trust them again when they were lying that blatantly? Right. Well, you know, that's the thing. Everything out of the Republicans' mouth, and I know this sounds like hyperbole, but it, it is a fact. Almost everything they say is a fucking lie. Everything yes. they say about Donald Trump is a lie. Everything they yep. say about this search is a lie. That's the only option they have right now. They've got a lie to win. And unfortunately, they're kind of like the boy that cried wolf. Because they keep getting exposed for their lies. And I don't think their lies are having nearly as much impact as, say, 2019. I think mm -hmm. people are wearing, are becoming tired of hearing the same shit. Because like with the insulin thing, I got to tell you, there's probably as many Republicans as Democrats that are taking insulin right now. And oh, yeah. they, they basically cut, cut the throats of their own fucking people. And they don't think that's going to backlash on them? Fuck. Of course it is. Well, I certainly hope so. You wonder. You look at Texas, for example, and you've got this this governor, Greg Abbott, who is uh, one of the most reprehensible human beings I've ever come across. And then you've got Ted Cruz, who's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> And they keep voting for these numb nuts. I don't understand it. I mean, you could be the dumbest friggin' cowpoke uh, in the world. How do you not see that, you know, here you are freezing to death and heads off in Cancun. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, your, uh, your air conditioning is going out because, uh, uh, your grid will not support <laughs> your uh, uh, the usage that people put it to either for heat or for air conditioning 
the grid doesn't work because it's isolated. It's not part of any other grid. You can't import uh, power from North Dakota to make up for uh, your shortfall uh, like Tennessee can or uh, Vermont can or any other state. You can always uh, buy power from somewhere else if you can't generate it yourself if you're part of the national grid, which Texas isn't. It's insanity. Well, and the question is, why are they on their own little private grid? Why why do they choose to not participate in a uh, uh, a grid or a couple of grids actually that the other forty nine states all participate in? They didn't do it because they got better service. They didn't do it because they got cheaper service. The only reason they fucking did it is because some rich guys could make a shitload of money, and that's exactly. why they did it. Yeah, and, and you know, why can't you see that? I, I, I mean, why can't they see that? I, I lived in Texas for a, a very short while when I was in the military. I went to language school in Monterey, California, and then I got sent down to Goodfellow Air Force Base in southwest Texas for some technical training. Uh, and I was there for, let's see, from January through May. And uh, I found the people to be quite nice, but I found their form of government to be insane. Uh, one, one of the guys I was with was married, and his wife uh, had a teaching credential. So she decided she would be a substitute teacher since we were going to be there for like six months or roughly five months. And um, when when she went to apply, she had to take an oath to the state of Texas in order to be a uh, a substitute teacher, she had to swear loyalty to the state of Texas above and beyond the United States. They still see themselves as a separate country, I'm afraid. I think that's the problem. She would have had more luck in Texas buying an AR-15, <laughs> walking in the school and commandeering a room. That would have been easier for her than to become a teacher. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it, you know, but, and, you know, I think they issue you one actually, but yeah, no uh, doubt, no doubt, no doubt. I now, mean, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in Texas and Florida. Both those governors are up for reelection. And, uh, I think Chris, uh, I think Charlie Crist is going to take DeSantis. He's leading him by at least 13 points right now. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and, and Crist is no great treat. No. But he is by far the lesser of two evils. I mean, what the the shit that DeSantis is doing, I can't remember who the person was, but he walked in and kicked out a duly elected official because he didn't like what he said. That is, yeah, he's a county attorney, I think, uh, something that, like that. Yeah. And this guy was elected to office. Where in the world does DeSantis think he can just force him out? That is the essence of fascism. Oh, exactly. And I don't think he he's even pretending now. I mean, he he has his own election police now, you know, yeah, uh, his own Gestapo, if you will, that he will be able to send in and, and disrupt the electoral process. So who knows? He might win. <laughs> he might steal it. I mean, he's he's uh, taking a page from the Trump book. You know, well, maybe. He, he's, he's he's got that. <laughs> And I hope I'm not offending people. I only know this because I know people who go down there. But he's got this little enclave of old people called the villages. Uh Now, if you look at it online, it looks to be (laughs) 
a nice place for old people to live. They go around <laughs> in their golf carts. I saw a documentary recently. I know where about, you're going with this, and it's absolutely true, by the way. I mean, this is full of Trump humpers. Literally. <laughs> and, and, and I don't know if this is true, but I heard that uh, there's the greatest concentration of STDs in that fucking community than any place else in the country. 80-year-old people having sex and passing on communicable diseases. That's fucking nuts. Hey, yeah, but, you know, it's, you know, I, I mean, they, they're the top. They got the record for sure. But any nursing home you go to, you find that. So what you're saying is we got something to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> Old people got it going on. <laughs> wow. Old people got it going on. How sad yeah. is how how sad is that that the old people down in a nursing home or down in the uh, 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 down in the villages in Florida are doing business more than me? Yeah. Well, you know, you look at who's in the villages. Okay, I mean, these were the guys who were doing the wife swapping and the pool, the the key parties and shit back in the seventies. They had the white bucks and uh, the uh, flared. Uh, uh, polyester pants and right, the big right, right, right. wing collars and all of that. They're doing their disco and uh, uh, their ladies are, you know, doing their uh, mini skirts and all of that junk. And, you know, they throw the keys in a hat and see who you go home with. I mean, this these are the same people. They just haven't changed. You know, it's the, the leopards in their spots. And they just happen to be uglier now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's a funny thing. When my wife and I decided to buy something, in Georgia, you know, we only briefly because we heard a couple things about it. Well, maybe we should check out the villages. And then I started <laughs> hearing the stories. I mean, I saw a documentary about the villages and there was this old guy in his seventies. He didn't live in the villages. He didn't have any money. He pretty much lived out of his truck, but he was kind of a good looking guy for his age. And he would kind of creep onto the property and hang out by the pool, hoping he could latch on to some woman who had a few bucks that was a widow. And I'm going, Jesus Christ, he's 75 years old and this is what he's doing. But when I heard more about the villages, I thought to myself, okay, I'm 62. I go down to the villages. All I need is an 80 year old couple knocking <laughs> on the door, hoping to wife swap. And I'm going, holy fuck. No. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't do it anyway, but Jesus Christ, bring me something better than that. Well, I, you know, what What can I tell you? I mean, these, uh, uh, you know, the other thing about it is, but when the time you get to that age group, uh, the guys are outnumbered like 10 to 1. You know, so if you're, uh, if you're a, uh, if you still have any virility left, I guess you're a hot commodity, you know? I suppose. Uh, well, I don't even know if it's virility as, uh, a po uh, as much as a just ambulatory. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Did you see Herb over there? That fucker's walking unassisted. I'm going to give me some of that. <laughs> Wow. This I mean, I'm 62 and that's even disgusting to me to think about. Uh, well, what, what can I tell you? I mean, you know, uh, no matter what you think of your neighbors, they're probably worse than you think they are. Oh, no question. You know, that kind of goes back to, you know, I, I you know, I've known people that go, I can't stand gay people. I don't like gay people. And when, when, when they do that to me, I have a standard um, 
I have a standard response to them. And they say, well, I just, it's against the Bible. I don't like people that are gay. And I say, I get that. Let me ask you, what are you and your wife doing in your bedroom? What kind of freaky shit are you doing? You got that swing, <laughs> you got whips, you, you got all the toys. What do you got going on? And they look at me just appalled and they go, that's none of your business. I go, uh-huh. fucking exactly. What yeah. you do in your bedroom is your business. What everybody else does in their bedroom is their business. And when you inflict your fucking opinion on them, you're stepping too far. Yeah, well, and that's the other thing that, that really grinds my grits. All of these people that I know have never cracked a Bible in their life, maybe when they were in Sunday school 50 years ago. They haven't opened one since. They may go to church. They may hear the preacher say a few words, but mostly they're zoning out, thinking what the ball game is coming up or whatever, right? right? They know no more about the Bible than they do about nuclear physics. But they've heard somewhere that somebody in the Bible said something about gay people. And if you go in there and you look around and you find it, it's all anecdote. I mean, it's all cultural bullshit. I'm sorry. Uh, Not every word and punctuation mark in the Bible is holy writ. It just isn't. Get rid of the Old Testament. That's Jewish. Okay. It has nothing to do with you. And uh, the New Testament is a bunch of letters that people wrote. Some of it is significant. Some of it isn't. And some of it is just the opinion of the guy that wrote it. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. So I don't take, I know where I take my instructions from inside because I have a conscience. I have that tells me when I'm doing shit wrong and I know it and I choose uh, I sometimes I'll 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 override that. I'll admit that. But by and large, I think we all have that. I think it's ingrained, and that's the God part of us right there. And that's just me. And we all have the opportunity to talk to God directly if you so choose, and you don't exactly. need an intermediary to do that. You don't need a priest, a pastor, whatever. If it makes you feel better to do that. God bless you. I'm I'm happy for you, but you don't have to do that. God is a is a is a equal opportunity connection. You could be the poorest, the richest, the skinniest, the fattest, the dumbest, the smartest. If you want to talk to God, that opportunity is there for you. So, now that we've ended that on a, a religious <laughs> note, we, we're running out of time. We're well. I wonder over how time. many people we pissed off with that one. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Uh, uh, if we have any people that live in the villages uh, <laughs> or nursing homes, yeah, <laughs> you know, the guys in the nursing homes <laughs> or, or villages are probably going to say, yeah, you nailed it, man. It's fucking a lot of action down here. <laughs> but if we pissed any of you folks off and you have another side of the story, we have a very fortunate opportunity on the Rational Boomer podcast because we will have any listener on and give you a chance to talk. So if you think I'm wrong about the villages, and I could be, I've never really been there. I only read what I read. But if you think I'm wrong, come on the show and straighten my shit out. I get my shit straightened out virtually every day because I've been married for 39 years. Well, I'll I'll just say this. Uh, my first job was working at a, a small uh, grocery store in, in high school, and I eventually became the delivery guy who drove the delivery truck and took the groceries and so forth. And my education, the delivery boy sees everything. 
we see everything and yeah. we know who is doing who and when. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was educated early as to uh, what goes on in small towns and I assume big cities too. But, uh, 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 and I, I learned, uh, the other thing I learned was you keep your mouth shut. Right. You keep your mouth shut. And let's be honest, there's a large percentage of, of people in this country that are just some nasty motherfuckers. <laughs> That's it. Pretty much. I was, I would, let's put it this way. I was surprised. Yeah, no, no question. All right, we're going to wrap it up for the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for all dedicating the time to listen to Ed and I go back and forth. I hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.